Well, Steve Wilkes, we hardly knew ye. Missouri's defensive coordinator is heading back to the NFL after just one season in Columbia. Plus, we got to talk about the Missouri Vanderbilt game, and let's build a case for and against retaining Conzo Martin next season. All this and more coming up right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thanks for making this show your first listen, even when I'm a bit tardy with the show. Yesterday, I'll be honest, I was ready to go and hit record and then, well, the Steve Wilkes news Came up on my Twitter feed, felt like I needed to get that in, and then, well, just my whole day fell apart. Regardless, you don't need all the details. The point is, I'm here now. And, well, I guess at this point, you got to say, not a huge shock that Steve Wilkes is gone if you've been following the scuttle, but the last week or so, especially on NFL Twitter, because... Well, apparently the the smoke had gotten so thick, the the noise, if you will, about Steve Wilkes actually around the Giants defensive coordinator job, the New York Giants, of course, that was so strong that it, actually the, the host of Locked On Giants actually reached out to me and was saying, hey, if this happens, I'd love to have you on the program. Well, clearly that appearance is not going to happen. She'll have to settle for her fourth interview with Eli Manning instead. I think she'll do, I think Patricia will do just fine over there on Locked On Giants without me. But obviously the big news is Steve Wilkes now heading to the Carolina Panthers as one of their secondary coaches, not a defensive coordinator, by the way. So one thing you might have initially thought, well, maybe this was just an opportunity that Steve Wilkes couldn't pass up, right? He's getting similar money to go back home, essentially, to where where he spent much of his life in the in the Carolina area. But the reality is, again, he was trying to get a defensive coordinator job with the Giants as well. So for all the talk when Steve Wilkes was first hired by Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz, for all the talk of him wanting to not jump around to the next job quite so quickly, find a place that he could actually call home, well, apparently it didn't work out. And what I can surmise here is that since Wilkes, this was his first college job since 2005. That's a really long period of time. I mean, college football has changed tremendously in 16 years. Not only the obvious on the field changes, obviously so many changes, everybody's running spread offense, hurry up, that kind of stuff. But I would say even more importantly, especially the season Steve Wilkes happened to find himself in the middle in, the whole name, image, and likeness era, the transfer portal, I just have a feeling that maybe it was that, maybe it was having to be on the road for recruiting, whatever it is, obviously college football and Steve Wilkes, at least in 2021, didn't seem like the best fit because he was very much ready to be out of here and get back to the NFL. I didn't really take it as anything like against Missouri or Drinkwitz or anything like that. Again, this is pure speculation on my part, but it's just obvious to me that college football in 2021 and Steve Wilkes just weren't a great fit. And you can kind of see that, right? If you're, you know, if you're a guy like Wilkes, a guy who's been around this game for decades now, 
I could see why if you've been in the NFL for over a decade now, you come back to college and suddenly you're going, wait a second, Makai Wingo's gone. He's just gone after one year. That's it. You know, I have to basically recruit my entire roster every season. They're all free agents. Well, if I got to deal with this, I might as well just coach pro football, right? If that's his attitude, I couldn't blame him whatsoever. Now, as for what this means for Missouri, well, quite simply, it means a third defensive coordinator in three seasons for Eli Drinkwitz. Now, right now, the scuttlebutt, at least at least from Missouri Fan Club, which is a, a Twitter account that has had some inside information, apparently, some accurate early inside information, and what that account is assuming and others, well, actually, they're reporting it. They're saying sources tell them that Blake Baker, who was recently announced as the new safeties coach for the Tigers, Eli Drinkwitz described him as the number two in the room with Steve Wilkes. Well, apparently Blake Baker, according to, again, Missouri Fan Club's Twitter account, apparently he's going to be your next defensive coordinator. And that would make some sense considering Baker does have some experience with that position at Louisiana Tech and and at Miami, Florida as well. But, of course, since it's been a couple days now, we haven't heard an official announcement Perhaps that was a little premature, but again, Missouri Fan Club has had pretty good information so far, so I'm anticipating that it'll be Blake Baker, but who knows? There are other people on the staff currently, some younger guys like DJ Smith, who's been with Drinkwitz for a while. He could be a possibility as well, so we'll just have to wait and see who is the next Missouri defensive coordinator. Obviously, though, a a third defensive coordinator in three years now, this will be the seventh hire this upcoming defensive corner the seventh hire on the defensive side of the ball alone and frankly that seems like a lot to me I I understand that we're a long way from the Gary Pinkle era of of assistant coach stability but this seems like an even higher rate of turnover than you would expect in the modern era I understand listen look no further than Steve Wilkes for a guy who's been moving around jobs a lot the last few years. So this is kind of the norm in some ways, assistants moving on to better jobs, bigger and better things. But this level of turnover is kind of getting a little bit alarming because at a certain point you would like to see some kind of continuity in your program, especially in an era where players are moving around more than era. Well, Gosh, if you could just get some stability in your coaching staff, that would be that would be a big deal. It really would. So with Wilkes moving on back to the NFL, some people are already wondering, might Missouri change up its defensive scheme? Maybe a 3-4, for instance, could be in the fold. Well, let's talk about that after this quick word from Bet Online, who is the best place to wager on the internet without question they've got you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before as we continue our march to the big game and beyond with college basketball nba basketball of course there's big fights just about every month at this point well bet online has you covered with all of that including your favorite vegas casino games so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season just go to betonline.net to check out all those offers again that's bet online where the game starts 
And thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. Why not make your second listen if you're an NBA fan? The NBA trade deadline is today at 2 o'clock Central Time, and the Locked On NBA podcast is covering it live from 1 to 3 o'clock Central. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and the Locked On Fantasy Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster trade. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube. Turn on your notifications so you'll know right when they go live. Now, inevitably, when Missouri has an opening for defensive coordinator, something like that, or even just a new head coach, of course, you, of course, get questions about scheme. Well, obviously, hey, man versus zone. Well, the reality is most teams will play a combination of both of those coverages. But, of course, the classic debate of the 3-4 against the 4-3, well, that, that rages on to this day online, even though, frankly, that debate is a little bit uh, out, out of touch, I guess I would say, because, well, most base defenses these days with the amount of 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 spread formations and and three receiver looks just about everybody is playing a nickel defense as their base these days because well quite simply you don't want to have a linebacker covering a slot wide receiver more often than not right that's a that's a tough matchup for any linebacker but here's the other part of it. So even if you say, okay, but you can still run a, a, a 3 3 5, right? That's a nickel coverage, a nickel package with three down defensive linemen. Well, here's the problem. If you're Missouri or almost, almost every program these days, with, with a few exceptions, look at that Missouri roster. Look at the depth chart, especially the interior defensive linemen. There is not a nose guard on the Missouri roster. They do not have the personnel to play a 3-4, a 3-3-5, whatever you want to call it. Because again, if you're going to play three down defensive linemen, that guy in the middle of that line, the nose, call him nose tackle, nose guard, whatever. I usually just call him the nose these days, frankly, just to make it a little more short and sweet. But those type of guys are typically 340-pound just run stuffing block eaters essentially the, the, you're talking about you're talking about the nose you're talking about a big guy who lines up in the a gap between the guard and the center and basically his main job is just to occupy those two guys right and then let those linebackers back there those three or four linebackers behind him let some of those guys run free and and make a play that's kind of what the nose does but again look at Missouri's interior defensive line. I think your projected starters as of today would probably be Jaden Jernigan, the kid from Oklahoma State, and also Darius Robinson. Now, Darius Robinson is a very, very large human being by any standards other than nose guard standards, right? He's, you know, six foot three and two ninety and shredded. I mean he's a very, very large human being. But you think about how big most SEC offensive linemen are, and suddenly you realize, oh, those guys are all over 300 pounds. The reality is the interior guys for Missouri and most programs these days are just kind of bigger defensive ends, if you really want to look at it that way. Defensive end-type bodies who have maybe filled out to 275, 280 pounds, something like that. But the days of that big nose guard – are really starting to go the way of the dinosaur. They really are. 
You look at a guy like Jordan Davis for Georgia. He's probably the best example of modern-day football of a really good nose guard. But if you watch that, that Alabama game in the SEC championship closely, well, when Bama was sustaining drives, when they were getting first downs and running no-huddle offense, well, Jordan Davis was getting gassed. So that's another reason all the hurry-up stuff, it helps run those guys off the field a little bit. And also just, again, with the proliferation of not only more passing, but also wider runs with jet sweeps and outside zones and that kind of thing, just the there's less of a need to stop the three-yard and a cloud of dust Nebraska you know, 1995-style offense that type of deal, or LSU from 2008, or, you know, something like that. Just that type of defense just isn't as effective as it used to be because, well, if teams are going to throw it 75% of the time, guess what? you got to give something up to, to defend that passing game, and often it seems like now that offenses are giving up the fullback in order to spread out the defense more, well, the counter to that is, most defenses now don't really have nose guards with very few exceptions. So if you're going to go with a 4-3, or excuse me, if you're going to go with three down defensive linemen, whether it's a 3-3-5 or a 3-4, you got to have those noses, and Missouri does not have them on the roster. That's a non-starter. And coming up, let's talk about that Missouri-Vanderbilt game. And plus, I want to just really quickly at least lay out what some of the pros for keeping Conzo Martin for next season would be and, and some of the cons as well and what do I think maybe is the most likely Let, let's get into that quickly but first I want to talk about rockauto.com and with the number of makes and models now on the road including hey have you ever heard of a Hyundai Palisade well me neither until the last couple years but those babies are on the road now and well my wife is the proud owner of one so guess what when I need to possibly fix something on that car. Maybe it's just something as simple as, hey, I want to save a little money on my oil change. So I'm just going to get my own air filter, put it in anyway. Really, really easy. So what do you do? You go to rockauto.com right there on the front page. It's all right there. You don't have to navigate to anything. You just find your make, Hyundai. You find the model, Palisade. You find the year. You click on that. Maybe there's one more step like, okay, do you have this one or that one? What kind of engine do you have? But then after that, it's a simple search. You'll search for an air filter. They'll give you a standard economy, even premium versions of the parts. It's really as simple as that. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your vehicle and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And just quickly before we get to basketball, Tyler Beatty and Caleb Evans, the Missouri running back and cornerback, respectively, both invited to the NFL scouting combine. So good luck to both of those young men. I, I'm still thinking maybe fourth, fifth round for. For Tyler Beatty, Evans may or may not get drafted. I'm not sure, but I think he should have a chance to at least catch on with a roster. Same thing with Mike Maietti, the the center, Jersey Mike. I think he's got a good chance. Even though didn't get invited to the Combine, I think as an undrafted free agent, he's got a shot for sure. But 
Anyway, let's move to the hardwood here for just a little bit. Obviously, Missouri was just doomed by a, a terrible offensive start in that basketball game. First of all, only 22 points in the first half. That's not going to get it done on the road too often, kids, let's be honest. And, you know, one thing statistically that really stood out, obviously, Vanderbilt, a parade to the free throw line there in the second half. My God, can we please can we please get to quarters like in the women's game and, and reset those team fouls at the 10-minute mark? That's really why we need quarters, people, because, wow, when you get into the bonus early, when a team gets seven fouls as quickly as Missouri did in the second half, you know, it's just not very fun to watch. I'm sorry. It's the free throw contests are not entertaining basketball. But, you know, I didn't love the officiating just in terms of how closely it was called, but I certainly I'm not going to complain about the foul discrepancy because Missouri completely foolishly attempted 25 three-pointers in that game and made only 5. That was nearly half of their shot attempts. 25 of their 61 were from three. And Missouri was pretty efficient inside the arc, but too few guys got the memo that they actually needed to get inside because not only, of course, did Missouri, was Missouri effective from two-point range, but obviously the way that game was officiated, we needed to go to the rack and feast at the foul line the same way that Vanderbilt did. As boring as a free throw contest can be, you know, getting the free throw line is a heck of an efficient way to score. Even if you're not a great free throw shooter, making, you know, 60, 70% of your free throws, if you get there over and over again, that's as good a way to score as there is in terms of just pure efficiency. But, you know, again, got to just take better shots. That's all there is to it. But I will say, if you're going to have a more efficient basketball team, you know, I sound like a broken record here, but I'm going to keep bringing it up every game until Conzo Martin figures this out. Trevin Brazil is absolutely one of his best players, and he plays him like a, he's a true freshman that he doesn't trust. At this point in the season, you got to realize that Brazil is a difference maker, defensively and offensively. The guy played 16 minutes in Nashville, still managed to get two blocks, hit one of our only three-pointers, by the way. He may be the best three-point shooter on the team so far. At least, you know, he's getting wide-open looks. It's not like he's having to take late shot clock off the dribble threes. I'll give you that. Still, though, for Yaya Keita, who got eight minutes in that basketball game, I'm sorry, Brazil needs all eight of those minutes. If Brazil would have played 24 minutes in that basketball game, I think we've got a much better chance to win. Cato was frankly running around in that game like a like a, a chicken with its head caught off to to steal an old Missouri farm cliche. And he, he just doesn't look comfortable there playing basketball yet as a true freshman, really on either end of the court. Meanwhile, you've got Brazil, who seems to have a feel that's beyond his years. His timing on those shot blocks is really good. I, he's got a good feel on diving to the rim, catching those lobs, and just it's nice to have somebody on the team who actually plays above the rim, which is something that Missouri hasn't had since, I don't know, at least Michael Porter Jr., and that was Michael Porter Jr. with a bad back. And coming up soon on another episode of Locked on Mizzou, I actually do want to dive really deeply 
into the pluses and minuses of keeping Conzo Martin. But just quickly here, speaking of Trevin Brazil, if there's a reason to keep Conzo Martin around next year, you would think Trevin Brazil would be one of those big reasons. But now it's looking like if you're only going to play him 16, 15, 14 minutes a ball game during conference play here the last few games, well, maybe that's a reason to get rid of Conzo. Maybe what I want a coach who will actually play one of his obvious best players because we already saw Conzo chase off Trey Jackson, for instance, who's now a pretty solid player at Seton Hall, a guy who's, again, an above-the-rim player whose ability and talent that I really liked a lot. But for whatever reason, Conzo, unless, you're, unless your last name's Brown, unless you're Kobe Brown or Caleb Brown, you're probably not going to get 25 minutes or more as a true freshman or, or Porter, I guess. Jonte, obviously, an exception there, too. But it just doesn't make any sense to me why Brazil isn't playing more. And again, if you want to bring back Conzo next year, you might think, well, he's got this Brazil kid. You know, maybe he can get a transfer portal point guard. But then on the other hand, I'll, again, I'll give you just a little preview of where I'm going to go the next episode of Locked on Mizzou with this Conzo segment. But I think one of the negatives, well, a lot of the negatives are obvious, right? Missouri isn't playing very well right now. And outside of Brazil, we don't have an obvious keeper freshman. But also, you got to wonder, is Conzo Martin the right guy to move Missouri forward in this new world of name, image, and likeness and transfer portal? Because like Eli Drinkwood says, you're going to have to adapt or die. So do we think Conzo is the right guy to adapt to this new world? Well, let's talk more about that on the next episode of Locked on Mizzou. Thanks so much for making this your first listen. Why not make your second listen Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They'll get you ready for the big game, tell you about all the props, which side you should be on, the whole deal. So check them out wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.